Ladies and gentlemen, we are living in an unprecedented, unprecedented, unprecedented time where your individual liberties are being handed over in the name of a government safety net or for the common good. You're tired of being told what you're allowed to say, how to live your life, or how to raise your kids. And so are we. We are the Break the Bell Podcast, and we believe your voice is your most powerful weapon. Join us weekly as we invade your ear holes with all the insanity that's going on in the world and expose the corrupt system that is hell-bent on keeping the power from you. You can check out Break the Bell every Monday night, streaming live on YouTube, or listen wherever you can find podcasts. Check out Break the Bell, and most importantly, never stop talking. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This Podcast. All right, Fact Check This Podcast. And I asked in the last episode for suggestions on what I should talk about. And I actually got a couple. Thank you to Corey and Zachary. Uh, so I actually I had an, an idea for a different topic for today, but it's not something that needs to be covered specifically today so that could be a monday topic or or i may bring that up on peddling fiction with johnny whenever we record uh that episode but the uh the two topics i'm gonna cover the first one a little more light and fun and silly kind of topic uh cory cory asked since i'm kind of a uh, a blade advocate of sorts that i uh talk about some of the the blades and why why I think blades are better than guns, which I don't necessarily, uh, I will jokingly say that, but I don't necessarily believe it. Like I am a, I'm a firm believer in that whole, don't bring a, don't bring a knife to a gunfight thing. Uh, there is always the potential that at some point in the very distant future that we run out of ammo and then, you know, you have to resort to blades or, you know, more medieval-type weapons. But, you know, that's that's relying on the complete collapse of society as a whole and uh, and then people not being able to make their own gunpowder and not being able to uh, cast their own bullets. And, like, there are too many uh, variables involved in that. Uh, I don't think that there will ever be a time when guns are completely... Uh, useless or that blades would have the advantage but i do enjoy a i mean a a sneaky knife is always something that uh people don't necessarily see coming so we're gonna i'm actually going and 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 i am not just going to entirely talk about silly stuff but i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about the impractical type things and we'll talk about some more uh semi-practical type things and then the actual like types of blades that you should have so starting with the completely impractical this right here is just a just a big ass sword <laughs> there's there's really no practical use for this thing i mean it's a it's a fun thing to have. It's not even sharp. If I were ever to, if I were to ever consider putting this thing to real use, uh, it's I uh, I wear a kilt and stuff. I'm of Scottish ancestry, and so 
a lot of times if I'm wearing my kilt, I'll strap the sword onto and carry it along with it. It's it's for decorate decoration. It's not for for use. If it if I were to use this, it's too it's too the blade is too long for the hilt. It's not really practical, easy to swing. So <clears throat> so if I were to ever consider putting it to real applic application type use by using like sword fighting, and right, now I'm going to sound like a complete larper. I don't give a shit. Let's larp it up. Fuck it. <laughs> If I were to actually put it into practice or to realistic use of sword fighting, I would either have to extend the handle out because the blade is too long for it to realistically be a, a one-handed, like you would need a little more grip for a second hand, or trim the blade itself down, uh, which would actually probably be a little more practical with this thing than trying to add on to the handle. I mean, it's it's not a it's it's not a useful thing. It's a it's a fun decorative thing. So, so that's the impractical thing. The other somewhat impractical thing is the the spear, the new addition to the collection. Really like the spear. It's actually extremely sharp, and uh, the spear is. I still put it in impractical, but it it is a well built it has a uh when i get to the axe we'll talk about the handles it has a well built handle and could probably withstand a good throw so i mean you never know it could be it could have practical uh hunting purposes or i guess even self-defense purposes uh again this is along the same vein as the as the sword this is kind of a fun silly thing uh, uh a lot of my blades are Reaper, and I really like their stuff. Uh, they're lightweight, easy to handle. They have a really good blade on them. Um, they have a, a good selection of stuff. <laughs> Silly as that sounds. So, moving on to the slightly more practical. We have the, the short sword of the legionnaire style sword whatever you want to call it um again now this can this has like moderate practicality because it can in theory be used as a machete type of a tool like it's not just completely silly uh but you know if you're going to have a machete You should actually go ahead and get a real good machete. And this one's actually a the shorter model. Uh, Gerber makes a longer one as well. Uh, it's a little, I don't know, depending on your application. Like for what I need it for, for like the bushes and stuff, the uh, cutting back our banana trees that we have, because you have to cut those down in the winter. Um, at least this far north, you have to cut those down in the winter. So for what I need it for, this is the correct length, but they, they do make a, a longer model of this. It's really handy because it has the saw on the other side, so it's multifunctional. Really nice sheath for it. It's uh, highly recommend the Gerber machetes. Good, good tool. 
and and that's and that is a much more practical thing that like you should have a machete if you're especially if you're aspiring to something like what I am and I am in the process of with living a little more rurally and you know getting off the beaten path uh, a machete is always a, a handy dandy thing to have around another relatively handy dandy thing to have around is a, a good axe now as I was talking about with the handle thing with the uh, with the Reaper axe here I saw reviews and I don't know what dumbass bought this thing thinking that they should be using it like a throwing axe but there were multiple reviews of morons who bought this and were using it as a throwing axe and the handle was breaking when they weren't making contact. That's not what this is for, you fucking morons. So it has the it has the pointy side, sharp it, and it's not super it's not really sharp. It's a it's a gouging. This is like this is a practical it's not gonna obviously you're not splitting like large logs, but for splitting small wood and stuff like that, cutting through stuff, this is a good axe. And it, that's what it's built for. Like that's what the handle is designed for. It's not for throwing like a fucking moron. So it's also it is kind of a multi-tool. For those who watch the video, you can see um, it has the the hex head on there for for tightening uh, nuts. <laughs> so that's fun little uh, extra extra use for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is not a throwing axe. This is like a useful woodcutting type of an axe. So don't be a dumbass and, and try to throw this thing and break your handle. Uh, this is just a a nice little knife. It's supposed to be a boot knife. It's a little bit big for a boot knife, but I mean, it's. Uh, the holster that it comes with is not ideal for a, for a boot knife. Uh, I'm trying to find something that's a little more that fits a little bit better around like uh, lower lower calf, uh, upper ankle. Like it, it is a little bit large for a boot knife, but just as far as like a good knife goes, it is a it has a really good blade to it. It's a good good knife, you know. I mean. I always recommend that you have a good knife. Speaking of a good knife, a good, you know, a good pocket knife, just something that you carry with you everywhere. And this, uh, I have a Gerber. I've, I have almost always had a Gerber. I'm, I really like these knives. I don't know why, nothing, no, you know, no particular reason. I've had other knives that were just as good, but I, I really like these. I think, uh, the handle, uh, the the blade always locks in good on these, and I have had other. I actually have one uh, in the drawer over there that is a. It's a good knife, but the blade doesn't lock in as tightly, and I don't like. I don't like that. I've I've cut myself on a loose blade before, so so I like the Gerber. They seem to hold up a lot better and and maintain their uh, tension and and lock in good and tight. And then, you know, it's a good practical application knife just to carry for a pocket knife. Uh, I think every man should carry a pocket knife. If you're a man and you don't carry a, if you and you don't carry a knife, I wonder what's wrong with you. Like, anyway, get you a good Gerber. It's like twenty bucks. Good, really good knife. And then, 
the final blades. Now, this is the one that you should definitely have, especially if you're hunting or something like that. You need a good dressing kit for skinning, filleting, dressing out uh, meat, animals, deer, what have you. Um, yeah. This is the, the outdoor edge. It's, uh, you know, you want something for ripping that'll. So that's the purpose of that is to rip, to get the tear the skin, uh, the hide out. I'm a big proponent of not being reliant on a food supply of from somewhere else. And you would need to do uh, an excessive amount of gardening to produce the food supply to be self completely self-sustaining. Um, it's not impractical, but for a lot of people, or it's not impossible, but for a lot of people, it's impractical. Um, even with the, the garden that we have out here, like we can, we can grow a lot of stuff, but not to that extent. And we have neighbors. And so like, there's a lot of sharing that goes on between the neighbors. And once we move, we will have a considerably bigger, bigger garden up there. And we're in inching closer to that. But, um, a steady meat supply is extremely important. Like protein is one of the, the key things. And being able to being able to dress out your own meat, like if you you know, if you kill a deer or uh, kill a deer or slaughter a hog or whatever, like being able to dress that out yourself is uh, it's hugely valuable. And being able to do that in general is hugely valuable because there are people who have no idea and absolutely no stomach for that kind of thing. So, you know, it's beneficial. So I, I highly recommend getting a good, a good knife set specifically for that. And like those, I, I, I don't, I keep those put up because those blades are ridiculously sharp. And for a knife set like that, like that's what you want, because if you're going to be cutting animal hide, you need something that's extremely sharp. Plus you want to be making crisp cuts when you're cutting the meat off the bone and stuff like that. So, Oh, I went way more in detail with the knife thing than I intended to, but Corey, you asked for it, so that's your fault. On to the more serious topic, even though I got kind of serious with that one all on my own. Uh, what Zachary had asked about was my potential political campaign and uh, like some details about that kind of thing, what, what went into the decision-making process for that. Uh, with the upcoming move, I'm actually going to be putting off running for an office um, because we're we're moving to a different county that I'm not familiar with. It would feel weird to to move there and we'll be we'll be pushing right up on the filing deadline anyway by the time we move. So it, it'll be weird to live somewhere for two or three weeks and then file to run for a, a public office in that place, at least in my opinion. Plus I haven't had the the requisite time to do the research because one of the things that I did with this uh, initially I had considered running for tax assessor uh, because you know, why not? It, it seemed, it seemed humorous to have a libertarian tax assessor, but also at the same time, I do have some background with that type of thing. My dad's a, a land appraiser. And so I, I do have a good understanding of 
property values and stuff like that. And, uh, and the, the tests and stuff that you have to do for your like certifications and everything to, to qualify for tax assessor, uh, they're not exceptionally hard and like a minimal amount of study and just being half-assed decent at taking tests. You can, you can do pretty well on those. So it's not like it was something that like the qualification wise, I wasn't concerned about. Um, but it is kind of a full-time job and I wasn't particularly, the more I thought about it, like I wasn't particularly interested in full-time political type thing. So what I found uh, as I was kind of researching it and looking at it was a county council seat that is for my uh, district of our county. And what I also discovered was that the current counselor, the county council person, for my district is not particularly well liked. And there's even some question as to whether or not <clears throat> the person will run again this year. And uh, so it was, it was a ripe opportunity for running in that position. And the County council is a, depending on what state you're in, you know, but when you think about city councils, County councils, stuff like that, like, you do have a significant amount of decision-making and influence in your local government if you're on those councils. Uh, like we have this big solar project that's being, that's uh, being fought pretty, <clears throat> it's being fought pretty stringently by a lot of the people in the county, especially in our particular part of the county that has, or that is going to see a lot of that, those solar panels and stuff be put in and the amount of land that those are going to take up and just the, the eyesore, the, the environmental hazard or not hazards, but the environmental waste and like everything that goes into that is going to be happening right here in my district of this County. And so there has been a lot of push against that. So being against that was also kind of a good, in road, I'm part of all those anti-solar plant groups here in the uh, here in the county, and having some inroads with those groups kind of gave me a, a good leg up on that. Um, and like I said, like the county council were the ones who are discussing that, and will ultimately have the say in whether or not that happens. Now, it's there were council persons who put a lot of time and effort into making that happen, and there. Are, those who support it and there are those who oppose it. And it has been debated and fought back and forth for a number of months. Uh, actually probably at this point going on a year. Um, and to, to be able to sit on a council and make a decision like that, like those councils, especially like if you look at like city council positions and stuff like that, they have the ability to kind of dictate whether or not your county is going to abide by potentially dictatorial edicts that your state is going through. Uh, like, for example, Indiana here is a Republican supermajority, but in 2020, the governor behaved like a 
fucking leftist and impose lockdowns and mass mandates and so on and so forth. And he got challenged pretty hard for, for governor. And, uh, he's been, and then, the the state, uh, the state house and, or, uh, state con state Congress, uh, took away his executive powers. And then he, he filed a legal suit against the state to try to get his executive powers back, which that hasn't gone anywhere. They, uh, he's appealing. He, so he filed a suit to, to try to get his executive powers back and it got denied. Uh, and so he's appealing, but I, to, to my knowledge, nothing's actually gone through with, uh, with the appeal. It's just kind of hanging out there dead in the water. So, if you're in a state that that is imposing that kind of stuff, like you've seen, I think it was in uh, like LA County, even though Los Angeles or uh, uh, California was imposing all these mass mandates and stuff, the LA County Sheriff said that he would not enforce any mass mandates. You've seen that in a lot of blue states where sheriffs are saying they won't enforce that stuff. If you are sitting on a board on a, a council or you know board position, something like that, in your in your local government you have the ability to circumvent that stuff at the, at the end of the day, you get to have the say. And what are the odds that typically, you know, what are the odds that the state is going to try to fight with a County over that? And this is something that's been talked about. Um, if you listen to Pete Quinona's show, like Pete's talked about this stuff a lot. It's kind of the, uh, part of the GOP Mises, uh, um strategy is like going extremely local and and taking over those localities and and getting into those positions what i recommend is get involved to some extent with those who are already in some of those positions whether you like them or not you can be a decent human being and get to know who's on these boards who's on these councils and find out what their policies are, find out what they're voting on, find out what is actually going on in your local area. And be, you don't necessarily have to go out and be like an activist type, but at least be active enough that people know your name to some extent, that people know that you care about this stuff, that you're knowledgeable about this stuff. So you can find these positions where somebody is not well liked where somebody is saying the wrong things where somebody is about to retire a lot of times these positions go unchallenged and if you just sign up early enough whenever somebody else goes to sign up and they see that somebody else is already running they'll just say never mind and they'll walk away like, a lot of these that's how the uh, the Pennsylvania Libertarian Party had so much success and got over a hundred people elected to different offices across the state of, of Pennsylvania. The vast majority of those were uncontested. Like a lot of these uh, loca localities and you know counties and townships and stuff like that, uh, people run for those offices because somebody has to fill the office. And if somebody else is already running for it, then they're fine to let somebody else have it. So especially if you're somebody that at least a handful of people know 
is not a complete psychopath. We won't talk about the uh, the first 12 minutes of this stream. But yeah, I mean, I highly recommend it. And and like for those council positions, um, depending on where you are, some of them do a weekly meeting. Some of them meet bi-weekly. Some of them meet monthly. Some of them meet quarterly. There's a, There are townships here that they do, that like that's all they do is the, they do a quarterly meeting and they cover any old and new business and usually they'll meet at like a restaurant or something and they'll all eat, they'll eat supper and talk about whatever's going on in the, in the township. And then everybody disperses and you come back three months later and do it again. Uh, you can have an opportunity to have a high end of impact in your community with not necessarily a, whole hell of a lot of effort being put into it. I mean, you could, you can win one of those races. If you're, especially if you're running uncontested, you can win for no more than your filing fee. If there's even a filing fee, like be useful, be useful to promoting the change that you want to see in the world. Libertarians are extremely good at talking about their principles talking about their values, talking about all this bullshit, and then resting on theory and all of the books they've read and never doing a goddamn thing about it. Find out what is out there in your county. Find out what is out there in your township. Find out what is out there in your city. I feel sorry for you if you live in a city, but find out. Look at your local school board. Who's the who's the school board member that everybody hates? Because that one's out there. That one's there. And if they're up for re-election, run against that motherfucker. Find easy wins. Like you don't have to run for Senate. You don't have to run for governor. You don't even have to run for fucking mayor. It can be as simple as township board of trustees or what the hell ever. County council. Find the easy wins. Get your foot in the door and start to have an impact on your community. If all of the last, I don't know, two and a half, three months have shown us anything with the vaccine mandates being shut down and and really just the last year of failed uh, failed idea after broken promise, after just completely miserable uh, going nowhere attempts at tyranny from the Biden administration, the federal government is kind of a fucking joke. And there is seemingly a significant push moving back towards a more 10th Amendment style of governing with states actually having the right to do what the states think is best and ignore the federal government. I mean, we've been seeing it for almost a decade now with the marijuana legalization and, and stuff like that. So uh, we're seeing it on a state-by-state -state basis with Constitutional carry. 
And then once you get down past that state level, getting down to your county or your township or your city, like the local level is where the most impact can be made on you. I don't know that any state representative from for the state of Indiana, from my district or region, ever comes here except in an election year. They don't give a shit. They don't. Being part of the local government right there where you live, that is how you make a difference. That's how you influence and impact the world around you, the immediate world around you. Fuck, become president of the Homeowners Association and do away with some of the dumb bullshit. Seems practical. Apply the principles and the ideals of all that theory and all those books. Actually put them into application right here at home, right where you are. Make something work out of it. Oh, I think that'll do it for today. Went longer than I intended to, so that was fun. Uh, I will be back on Monday with the topic that I was going to talk about today. So everybody's seen the whole uh, Spotify, Joe Rogan, and then Neil Young... Joni Mitchell and that dumbassery. <laughs> and there were there was talk about how the uh, how Spotify stock like tanked and they lost two billion dollars at the end of the week last week and it was all because <laughs> because Neil Young decided to have his music pulled off of Spotify. Never mind. The truth of the matter. So anyway, that particular item got me thinking about some other times where these moron leftists who don't know a single thing about the stock market will pretend like something is causing the market or causing, you know, doing damage to a particular product or to a particular particular brand or to a particular uh segment of the of of, uh the population and usually it ignores completely the truth and the reality of markets so i'm going to give a few examples of that and talk about that kind of stuff on monday so it might be a little more technical and a little more inside baseball type of stuff than what uh some people are good with and if that's the case tune into the monday or to the morning show that i do every monday wednesday and friday 7 30 Central 8.30 Eastern with Mark Metz, Dag, and Clyde of the South. We have a lot of fun. We talk about a lot of crazy shit, and you don't have to worry about inside baseball technicals and stuff like that. You can just have fun and listen to us shoot the breeze about current events. In the meantime, I hope everybody has a great rest of your day. I hope you have a great weekend, and I will see you on Monday if I don't see you before. 